I think this is going to end up being a beatdown because, man, James Harden. <laughs> I tell you, he's the best one-on-one player I may have ever seen. Now, he's not as good as Michael and Kobe. I don't want people to think I'm going crazy. But as far as the way he shoots, because those guys want great three-point shooters. He can get he he can, he can even make a three anytime he wants to. He can get to the basket anytime, and he's a great free throw shooter. But I'm just telling you, the way the game is called today, he's the best one-on-one player I've seen. And uh, Brooklyn with Durant scoring 19, yeah. Harden scoring we're 17, not, not, Kyrie with 23. Argue with this, you on this, yeah. No, yeah, James Harden is a great one-on-one player. We're not going to debate that. But <sighs> I'm going to say the dumbest thing sometimes. <laughs> Hey, you got to give Charles some credit, man, because at least he makes definitive statements or he'll put his name on something, even if you don't agree with it. And it's outlandish because so many of these talking heads and media people, right, they don't want to put their name on anything. They just want to ride the fence. Oh, maybe he will. Maybe he won't. You know, at least Chuck will give us something to talk about, whether we're scoffing at him or not. But it got me to thinking about Harden. How would he have played before the three ball era? The 90s, you hear people say Steph wouldn't have been a star. Maybe. It probably would have been much more of a creator than a scorer in the 90s. But to me, if you think about it, Harden is the one guy that his advantages would really dry up. Because as strong as he is in the 90s, there were way more power guards that were built like him. And then they could hand check him. So you're taking away the three ball and a lot of the flopping. I don't know, man. And look, I'm not trying to hate. I I tend to believe that if you're great now, you would have adapted and found a way to be great then. I'm just curious what James Harden would have looked like in the 90s as a traditional two guard. But as far as Chuck's comments go, yeah, he is the best one-on-one guy this generation. To me, I think the part that goes overlooked is the mental aspect of it because it really takes a different type of dude to be comfortable playing the way he does. Not necessarily this Brooklyn version. This Brooklyn version isn't that, but like in Houston, that's different, man. Not not just like the talent of it, but just mentally being comfortable having the ball that much and at that pace was annoying as a Warrior fan, but also fascinating, just objectively from someone who hoops. This is The Hezzy, episode 78, June 1st. Brought to you by basketballgods.net. Wizards, Sixers. Joel Embiid catches himself trying to do things big shouldn't do. The playoffs always become a war of attrition, and here we are sitting, and that's, that's really the topic for today and moving forward. And that's, It's just what it happens, and you're noticing the trend of bigs going down. Anthony Davis, now Joel Embiid. And Joel, like everyone, your strength is your weakness. And I heard them talking during the telecast yesterday about how he is the most complete big man. He can do it all, right? His toolbox is full. And because he has all these tools, you see him wanting to use all of them. He doesn't keep it simple. He was driving, he got too far under the basket, and he leaned back and tried to finish like you would see a smaller player do, like a guard would do, and he takes a bad fall. He got up, he came up and down the court, and he left the game and went to the locker room, and this happens often, right? I thought it was maybe just one of his in-game stink bombs, you know, the IBS theory. But uh, it turns out, no, he's not returning to the game. He's hurt the knee. I saw a doctor on Twitter compare it to Wiseman's fault. He 
said it's most likely an MCL sprain or maybe a meniscus. Now, this is going to sound really cold right now, but if I'm Philly, I trade him this summer. I trade him this summer while he's still viewed as a franchise player because this is who Joel is. What if the Warriors offered Wiggins, Wiseman, and one of these lottery picks for, say, Embiid and George Hill? That fits salary-wise. Now, of course, you're like, ah, I see what you're doing, Al. I see what you're doing. <laughs> you just want Embiid on the Warriors, right? No, I just got done saying, like, he's injury-prone and this is who he is. It'd be a very risky move by the Warriors, but it'd be worth it. And it'd be worth it because of Steph Curry. Because of Steph, you can load manage Joel and you give Steph, Clay, and Dre another real shot at getting back to the promised lands. Again, risky as hell, but it's a risk you take given the context of the Warriors roster. It makes sense for the Warriors. If you're the Pelicans, you don't trade Zion for him, right? If you're a team that's a ways away, you don't trade your young guy for him. But if you're a team that just needs one piece and your window's tight, then the risk starts to make sense. Anyway, I, I, I somehow made this about the Warriors. I get it, I know. Back to the game. You saw Davis Bertans get going early. And then Bradley Beal, his shoe comes off. He limps off with his knee. Raul Neto rolls his ankle. And I looked at this game and I was like, man, this is a foregone conclusion. This is the sweep, right? Ben Simmons has sweep written on the bottom of his shoe. 4-0. And so I'm not even going to lie to y'all. I turn on my PlayStation to kill time until the Jazz Grizz game comes on. I'm like, I don't need to see this, man. Guys are in the locker room. This is, this is a wash here. I glance at my Twitter and here we go. The Wizards are up 10. Joel hasn't returned from the locker room. Oh, yeah, and another fan got out of pocket. This dude ran on the court. What I tell you about these clowns, man, they're going to start clout chasing. These are calculated decisions, you know, that these people are taking to just get that 15 seconds of fame. I don't know what the NBA is going to do about this, but I'm telling you, it's going gonna, it's gonna to continue to happen. Maybe they should start tasing these fools, I was thinking, right? Because a couple of these dudes shit themselves live on TNT at midcourt. I don't know. Might think twice about that, that type of exposure and clout. But yeah, man, like, again, you know, it's easy to kick the Sixers right now. You know, one of the differences, I think, between the Sixers team and this Bucks team is killer instinct. I think the Bucks have shown far more killer instinct. Obviously, they swept Miami and took care of business. Obviously, they're more, they're more healthy, right? Joel doesn't go down, and maybe I'm not singing this tune, but even before he went down, you just got the sense that the Sixers were a little bit too comfortable. Down the stretch, you saw Hackaben, Hackaben Simmons. I'll at least give him credit for this. He, he kept a good poker face, right? Ben Simmons did not show that he, it was bothering him, right? And he, he still, you know, it still worked, right? Is he shooting 25% from the free throw line in the series? But maybe this is the series that takes a terrible turn for the Sixers and Ben finds himself in this situation the rest of it. Maybe it's the tipping point for him. Maybe he will finally this offseason switch hands, at least at the free throw line. Be like, all right, if I cost my team a series or he feels this several more times late in games, he's like, all right, enough's enough. I got to do something about this because he hasn't up until this point. Maybe it's a positive thing, big picture for Ben Simmons. But again, he kept a good poker face, but the strategy worked for Scotty Brooks and the Washington Wizards. We need to talk about Russ's stat line, though. 19 points, 21 boards, 14 assists. Wait for it. 
on three of 19 shooting. This guy, this guy is something else, man. Three of 19 shooting, he puts up that stat line. Look, Russ will never make my, my Mount Rushmore of guards, the super elite guards, the Stephs, the Magic Johnsons, the Isaiah Thomases. I'm just not going to put him there, personally. I know it's very su- subjective. But he might be the most competitive player I've ever seen. And that stat line kind of shows it for you. You don't, you don't even need to see it. Like three of 19 shooting and the dude had a monster triple-double at him. Oh yeah, and they won the game. So it's just, Russ almost belongs in his own category, right? He's an alien. Rui Hachimura, huge game for him. What do you have? 21. And then he hits the dagger three as well. But it was him and Robin Lopez that were really the difference, right? Robin, once Joel was out there, he really got to eating with that clear out hook move. Man, that shit. It might be the ugliest good shot that's going right now, if you want to call it a shot, right? He clear the thing that I that I'm fascinated with is he's allowed to clear out with the off arm, right? He clears a ton of space. Like it, it I don't know, it, it's past 90 degrees the way he clears out with the off arm. And then the angle in which he shoots the hook is you just don't know where it's it's it, it's almost like a scoop shot. It, it can come from any angle. Pause. It's uh it's fascinating to watch. You saw the Wizards avoid the sweep. And again, I hate to have to play doctor and talk about these injuries, but it is what it is. You have to imagine with Joel's history, he's probably not going to play the rest of the series, right? If he has some sort of sprained knee, you imagine he's done for at least this series. All of a sudden, the Sixers go from sitting pretty atop the East to a code red because... (laughs) We just got done talking about Russ and his alien-like tendencies. You don't want to give him a glimmer of hope. So you're saying there's a chance. I don't know, man. That's All of a sudden, it's crazy how one play can change a series. And they pulled it out here. So now I think, look, I think that they can escape this series. But you look moving forward, a young, healthy, confident Hawks team. Now... All of a sudden, there seems to be a path for Trey Young to have his young Hawks playing in the conference finals. Crazy. First quarter looked like offensively you guys had a terrific flow, but probably not thrilled from a defensive standpoint. John Morant's got to be a low to try to contain in the paint. Yeah, you know, he's getting in there. Um, We're making him shoot floaters. Unfortunately, that's, you know, he's pretty good at that shot, I think. If we can get a few more contests, um, they're they're running it at us in transition. Clearly, that's something that is a priority for him. So we've got to get back and you know show him more of a crowd so he can't get into the lane early in transition. That was Quinn Snyder, coked up out of his mind at the start of that Jazz game. The audio may not do it justice. You had to see him. You had to see the rapid eye movement going on with this dude, man. I've heard rumors of this. I've had an OG that I, I was talking to one time at a basketball court who grew up in Washington and said, Quinn, yeah, Quinn's a, Quinn loves that booger sugar, right? Um, and it shows. It shows, man. But um, to be honest with you, during the telecast, I, was, I got tired of them kind of highlighting the good old boy network between he and Jenkins. Tyler Jenkins got an internship with Greg Popovich in the Spurs through a family friend. Okay. Okay. NBA, you might not want to highlight that considering the sensitivities of, around the hirings of coaches. Just saying. Jaron Jackson Jr. finally came alive. 
You could see his confidence growing. What he give them 21 points, shot it rather efficiently, still isn't shooting the three ball well. Look, you wonder, I've talked about it before. You talk about ugly shots, that weird lean that he has on his jumper. You wonder if post-knee surgery, if that's something that he might have to reconfigure. Because, again, I've said it before, it seems like he's off balance. I understand that that's what his shot looks like, and he's made a lot of them in his young career. I don't know. Maybe he needs to change the stagger in his stance post-knee surgery because the threes aren't dropping for him. But it was it was good to see him contribute. And I think big picture, the important thing is he looks healthy. Right. I don't I'm not looking at a guy that seems like he's unconfident on the knee. That's not that. It's just he's not he's not knocking those down. Now, I'm listening to Greg Anthony call the game, who is tremendous. Very glad that TNT picked him up. He said, look, Utah is going to shoot a ton of threes regardless. You just got to make the right guy shoot them. My question is, who are the right guys? That's the thing with Utah. There's no one to cheat off. Every one of them will splash the three. And then you saw an ongoing trend with the Grizzlies and Dylan Brooks. He had three fouls through a quarter and a half. And I think that this is just going to plague Dylan his entire career, if you want to be honest, because I just think it's who he is. I don't think you can turn off his aggression because that's his identity as a player. So ultimately, I think he's going to be a guy where he's just going to play less minutes. Instead of 35, 36, he's going to play 28, 31 because of ongoing foul trouble. Um, Now, maybe as he gains a reputation, because what is he? He's still like a second, third year guy, but he's starting to gain the reputation of a hard-nosed, rugged defender. And so maybe as that reputation builds, he'll start to get the benefit of the doubt. Because some of those calls last night were, were suspect. Let's call it what it is. But ultimately, I don't see him altering his style. I think that that's who he is and that's what it's going to be. Now, my question for Ja is, how consistently can he have big offensive nights? Like he was fine last night, but he have like 23 points. Like he did what he did. But, you know, his level of difficulty seems higher than these other guys when they when they have big offensive nights, right? Most 40 and 50 pieces are usually generated or accompanied by someone making five, six, three-pointers at least. For Ja, you know, what he hit two in the 47-point performance? And outside of that backdoor play that they run for the lob for him, he doesn't really get any easy baskets. Everything is earned, and it makes it impressive. It is. It's impressive. I'm just saying, how often could you say, all right, Ja, go give us 35? Like, that's a tougher ask than it is for his peers, for Trey Young, for instance, because he just doesn't get any easy ones. Second half, game's still close, and the Jazz start feeding Rudy Gobert. If the Jazz liked Rudy, he'd easily average 20, right? I, I think that they just don't like him. <laughs> this is what I read. I, they, they ice him out. And, you know, he doesn't have the greatest hands. I understand that. But you can. It, it's, it's just been an ongoing thing with the Jazz. They forget about him, and you'll see him come out of a quarter or out of a t- stoppage and make a concerted effort to get him a touch. But I think that he's more than capable of giving him 18-20 when they choose to give him the ball. Fourth quarter, the Jazz are in control, and here comes DeAnthony Melton. Third-year player out of USC. He's a bucket. He's a bucket. Did he start in Houston? I forget where he came from. I don't. Memphis brought him over from Portland or Houston. You know, he he's got a little bit of CJ McCollum to his game. He he reminds me of CJ in a ways. Maybe a little more athletic, but you know, bag not as big. Whose bag is as big as CJ's though? Um. So he gave them a shot. What do he have? Fifteen points in the fourth quarter. 
But what you're seeing is Memphis just shows their youth late. And they don't really have a veteran. I guess it's Valanchunas, but he's a big, so he can't really control things late in games. And that's the difference because Memphis, they've battled, they've fought, and they've given themselves a chance in almost all these games. But again, they're falling apart late. And the only way to get that experience is to go through it. And that's what they're going through. So, you know, the Jazz take a commanding 3-1 to lead. But I think overall, really good season for Memphis for them to get into the playoffs and again, get some of this experience. The only adjustment that I think they could do is, I think you, you go to Melton, right? You saw the way he was cooking. Um, Desmond Bain had taken some of his minutes. You know, some of it was uh, was slow-mo's minutes. But I think he's just far more dynamic. You may be sacrificing some size and some defense. But at this point, I think that Tyler Jenkins and this Grizzlies team, they're going to have to match firepower with this Jazz team. You're probably not slowing them down anyway. You might as well put the more dynamic offensive weapon on the floor, and that's DeAnthony Melton. Did y'all see the Kyrie backlash for stomping on Lucky at midcourt, right? So the other day he, he went to midcourt and he stomped on the Celtics symbol. You saw some former Celtics take issue with that. Big baby got on social media trying to act tough. That's hilarious, right? KD let him know it was. Kevin Garnett spoke up and said it was disrespectful. And here's the thing. Those two guys were treated like royalty in Boston because they won a chip. And I get it. They've got Celtic pride, but this is kind of bigger than that, right? And I think that if they had stuck around in Boston a little bit longer and weren't as winning as much, they might have a different view on what Kyrie is saying and doing. Just saying. Tonight, we get one step closer to Brooklyn, Milwaukee, as I think we all expect Brooklyn to close out this series against Boston Not sure if Kemba will go. Remember, he had the bruised knee, did not play in the last game. And then we've got two huge game fives. We've got two huge game fives. Portland, Denver, Los Angeles, Phoenix. As of this recording right now, as far as I know, there will be no Anthony Davis. And so this is the chance for the Suns to take control of this series. This is The Hezzy, brought to you by basketballgods.net. I'm out, y'all.